everyone, and welcome to Controversial Subjects with Rav Jor and myself, Rabbi Yitzhak Michelson. And today we have another controversial topic for you, but we're we're sort of staying with the, uh, one of the themes that we've been talking about for several weeks, um, the idea of anti-Semitism, but we're calling this the original Russian disinformation. Why? Everybody here is Russian, everything in American politics, this is Russian disinformation, and this is Russian disinformation. One of the things you and I have been talking about, brother, is all of the persecution and the anti-Semitism that has come down on the Jewish people. But we could probably do shows for the next six months on that subject alone. Um, and why I call it Russian dis disinformation is because one of the most anti-Semitic works that has been used against our people is something called the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. And no matter how many times it's been proven to be nonsense and fake, where did it come from? Russia in 1903 is where it started. So that's that's what we're that's the subject for tonight. Yeah, the the um, like uh, I think that in the um, in the generation of media, that's where it started. When people started to write posts on news, like articles and newspapers, that's uh, where it began. Um, that's why we're like uh, mentioning that. But uh, actually, the beginning of that uh, hatred is uh, way more ancient and and earlier, and really began with, uh, with Amalek. And um, Amalek is uh, is actually the same uh, the same nation that uh, that brought the Holocaust on our heads. That uh, that brought so many so many and uh, prosecutions and 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 pain and sorrow and 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 um, loss uh, to our people. Same uh, evil nation. It's an amazing thing to see how motivated they are to destroy and uh, and to ruin. And such hatred burns in their hearts uh, to ruin and to kill and to destroy goodness, the kingship of, uh, of heavens, of Hashem. That's amazing that Amalek, if you look at the gematria of Amalek, it has the same gematria as the works of the word safek to doubt. Why? Because one of the greatest things that Amalek tries to do today, which causes anti-Semitism within the Jewish people, is for Jews to doubt their chosenness. Um, even what you're seeing in what we call, and because we're calling because we call this controversial, we're going to be controversial. There is a concept of self-hating Jews. There are Jews in the world that are self-hating, that hate the idea that they're part of the Jewish people, and they try to hide the fact that they're Jewish people. Look, there, are, there are so many people that want to be Jewish that you and I know, and then no, there are so many Jews that don't want to be Jews. It's so it's so obligating, and mainly it obligates you for the truth. Like if you really walk in the path of truth, in the path of Judaism. So it's not like uh, I like I heard some woman talking. She's an Afro-American, and she said, "Why is it such an easy thing? If I want to be Muslim, they will just accept me to be Muslim, and if I want to be Christian, they will accept me to be Christian. But why the trouble begins if someone mm -hmm. claims he wants to be Jewish? 
So she like uh, tried to sting somehow. She, she tried to say something like uh, poisonous. But uh, the truth is that Judaism is a nationality. It's not a religion. It's right. um, it's it's something that you need to be connected to with your blood. Like all your veins need to be attached to it. And when a person is willing to be so so committed. He can also convert. He can also find his way into that amazing tree of life um, of the of the tribes of Israel and especially the tribe of Yehuda, the Jewish people. But um, so that's why it's uh, a bit scary, you know, like to think that you you will be judged for every thought, for every mm-hmm. action, for every word that you ever spoke. Like I can understand why people rather fold their tail between their legs and run away, run for their lives, if you can call it life. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this, back to this idea now, of course, it's ancient what we're talking about. You know, I, I only brought up this idea of, of that particular book, you know, which is nonsense. And of course, this goes back thousands of years. But, but here's one of the things that I, I don't think people understand about the Jewish people. And so when you look at the, the protocols of the elders of Zion, one of the main things that it tries to bring, bring across is the idea that somehow there's this um, uh, devious plan that the Jewish people have to control the world. And, and we have been accused of that for thousands of years. We've been accused of controlling everything. Uh, but here's the interesting thing. Um, we were not allowed in the countries that we were in, we were not allowed to hold public office. We were not allowed to own land. And in a lot of these places, they had, had what were called workers guilds, um, whether you were a leather worker or a blacksmith or whatever trade you had, there were guilds. And we weren't allowed to be part of guilds. So if you couldn't own land and you couldn't hold public office and you couldn't have a, a, a be part of a guild, then the only thing we could be involved in was money lending, trade, or commerce. And so we became very good at that. So, so what would happen is we would go into a country, they would allow us in there, and because we flourished as a people because of the blessings of Hashem, we would do well financially. And then they would come to the Jewish people and they'd say, finance our wars. And we would finance their wars and then they would fight their wars. And then if they won or they lost whatever, then if they lost, it was our fault. If they won, it was hooray for them. And and then they would throw us out and we would go to the next country and we wouldn't be able to own land and we wouldn't be able to hold office and we wouldn't be able to join guilds and we'd start this process all over again. I think that there is uh, something very special about um, that blame that uh, is being put on the Jewish people in all ger- generations. You will always going to hear like, yeah, the Jews are controlling the media. The Jews are controlling the banking system in the world. The Jews are controlling the government. And no, no, no. Like it's always the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. But like if you're going to have an Irish person that is doing the exact same thing, you won't hear, oh, yeah, the Irish people are controlling these, the Irish people. You're going to hear that that person, like whatever, James, 
he's a villain, he's an evil person. Like you're going to hear like, a Canadian person going to do something, going to be a pedophile. You're not going to say that Canadians are pedophiles. Only when it's about Jewish people, so now suddenly it's all the Jewish public, like me, for an example. I don't have no hand in no banking, in no, in no trafficking children. I'm not, like, none of the above is in my interest, but still I'm included. Lo, you the Jews, you took the land. You know that the land of Israel, they're claiming that we took that land from the Palestinians. But that is, you know, we're in the days of Hanukkah. This is the third holy candle of Hanukkah. Shimon HaMakabi, Shimon was one of the Maccabites. Shimon HaMakabi said, we are not taking the land from some other nation. We are taking the land of our ancestors that was given to us. And in one of the times, was taken from us by our enemies with no justice. And now when we found the time, power, like opportunity, we're taking it back from our enemies. Like that was his speech over 2000 years ago. So like it's the same speech of, for today. Like we're not taking it from the Palestinians. They came here and sat here. It does not make them the owners of the land. If you want to say that they are the owners of the land, so you, you need to open some new books with all the countries uh, and, and, and start uh, giving the countries back to their, like... Uh, like it, it's, isn't it's, it interesting that if you go to Saudi Arabia and you ask them what they are, they'll tell you they're Aravim, they're Arabs. If you go to Syria and you ask them, they'll tell you they're Arab. If you go to um, Yemen or uh, Oman or UAE or Dubai or the em any of the Emirates, you ask them what they are, they'll tell you Aravim. Only in Eretz Israel, only in the land, will they say where, well, they won't call themselves Fakistinians. I call them that because I, I won't use, um, I won't give, the, I won't even legitimize them by calling them what they call themselves. And 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 what is it? What what's the interesting thing in Arabic? In Arabic, what is? All right, I'll say it. What is Palestinian <laughs> in Arabic? You're watching. You're watching your mouth carefully. Philistinim, Philistinim. They are the modern day Philistines who came from another land and would always try to conquer the land of Israel. They'd come in and they would wait until it was harvest time when the Jews were ready to harvest the land and they would come in and they would attack and try and take the food and take, take the goods. So you have this people that basically before 1967 were nothing, but if you look, they had Jordanian passports. They were Arabs. I, I don't have any problem with them being Arabs. The what I have a problem with is they have no language, they have no culture, they have nothing prior to 1967 that connects them to something called Palestinian. It's nonsensical. The, the, the only thing that they really do have is a great support from radical left European organizations that are funding their crime and uh, doing whatever they can to contain, to continue and to maintain the hatred for the people of Israel, for the Jewish people. It's the no. same anti-Semitism in, in a new body. 
while not even realizing and recognizing that they're being used by those um, European haters, Amalekites that are hating us for generations. In any case, we came to talk about, oh, actually it's the same topic, right? What can we do? <laughs> the, they jumped into the same pot. They, they threw themselves into the same bonfire. What can, what yeah. can we say? It's no different. You can't disconnect. It, it is the same concept. It's, it's the same theme. It's not like we're going off topic here. I mean, you go back to, uh, let's go back to 1095. In the year 1095, the Pope Urban II is the one who started the Crusades. He decided that Jerusalem needed to be free. Um, and so what did he do? He sent these he sent these crusaders. And what did they do on the way to Yerushalayim? They slaughtered thousands of Jews, anybody who got in their way. And uh, so so it's the like you said, we're, we're coming to a, to an interesting thing here. First of all, you can't take away the role of Christianity in this. Talking about con being controversial. You can't take away the fact. Now, I know a lot of people are going to get mad and say, oh, real Christians are not like that. Well, I'm sorry to say, but, you know, the Pope, Rome, Roman Catholicism, we didn't know the difference. I don't know about you. Now, I grew up in the U.S., so it's a little bit different. You grew up in in, uh, in Israel. You grew up in Yerushalayim, so it's a little bit different. Because when I went to Beit Knesset, when I went to synagogue on Shabbat, I had to walk by a church. Okay, to go to my synagogue. Now, I didn't know. All I knew was it was a church, and I knew it was Christian, and I knew it was different than you know than than what we were taught to believe. I didn't know that there was this kind of Christianity and that kind of Christianity and the next kind of Christianity. I just knew. I, I think I finally found out that it was a Roman Catholic church, but this is what we knew. We just knew that Christians hated us. I got chased home. I, I, I even when I was thinking about this show that we were doing tonight, I remember my mother when I was a small child came home from work and and worked in Manhattan in New York at the stock exchange. And she came home crying because, you know, people at work, her coworkers were calling her Christ killer. You know, so so this um, this hatred that we're talking about that is spilled over into the Middle East started in Europe. Um, uh, and it's and it's spread out with its tentacles and infected the whole world now. So what uh, what are we doing? I think that today it's uh, dressing itself in a new covering, being very secular. Like it's true that the hatred is like very rooted into the religions, um, and many preachers and speakers in the religious world, Muslim or Christian, are using those stages. Um, and speakers for their anti-Semite uh, opinions. But, um, but I think that today, um, with all those um, so-called conspiracy theories of the New World Order, we can see, again, um, this, um, this um, electrifying, horrific light that is, uh, that uh, blinding light that is coming from Germany, again, uh, again, um, sabotaging and creating um, like craziness in the world, like trying to manipulate and to control the world, and again to wake up hatred against the Jewish people, and um, and spending and investing tons of money 
um, for their false propagandas against the people of Israel. And um, I think it's like the only and mainly the main thing we can do is um, is to warn our siblings. It's to warn our people like, uh, hey, guys, be aware, reconnect yourself as much as you can to your Jewish roots, to your Israeli roots, to the land of Israel. This is the safest place in the world. There is no doubt that Israel, the land of Israel is the safest place in the world. There is no state in the world that is as safe as the land of Israel. Anyone that is able to make Aliyah and to come and to move in and uh, and even to rent and to look for jobs and to find ways to like sign to the university, like whatever you want, the yeshiva, any option for you to come and be here in the Holy Land um, will help you to recover and to and to reestablish yourself as as uh, in a much more stable and safe and secure position with all those negative uh, dark waves. Um, of change, of horrible change that are taking place in the world. Yeah, I mean, I am seeing people. My sister, my sister is um, is coming, Bezat Hashem, for Pesach, but she's already done all her paperwork to to try and complete her Aliyah. Why? Because we talk every week, and she says, "I I, I don't feel safe here anymore, living in the United States." And some yeah. of her friends that are business people that live in New York, New York, where I grew up, people are literally not able to walk down the street. You walk down the street with a kippah and seat seat and people ride up on a bicycle and hit you in the back of the head with a baseball bat. Or, you know, they showed some yeshiva bachrim, you know, running away from two or three people chasing them with a taser gun down the street um people are getting pushed off of subway platforms um and and then you have th this is another thing that makes me crazy about new york you have the united nations which has to be one of the most anti-semitic organizations in the entire world and 70 to 80 percent of their funding comes from the united states and we allow it you get this president and that president stand up and say, oh, we stand with Israel and we stand with the Jewish people. And, and conversations yet, are separated from actions. That's a very unfortunate exactly. thing. Exactly. And uh, so so another thing that, that sort of, um, you know, came to mind in talking about this, and and of course you you touched on this before, was the idea that the Jewish people are the only people that um, that somehow, if one person does something, it it, it affects the in, the entire community. Uh, so, for instance, you, you have uh, we control Hollywood um, because there are because there tends to be now we I, yeah again we we you and I we, yeah you and I we control Hollywood yeah and uh, and our Jewish followers yeah we control Hollywood yeah. So now, and the stock market and Wall Street. And the stock yeah. market. Yeah. yeah we. It, so the truth is, the truth Me. is that, that Hollywood with this, really started with this by... Suit, with that suit. With that suit. <laughs> with I'm this, yeah. yeah. That's with all this do. money that you... With this opulent living that you see us living here in Israel, if they only knew. Uh, the truth is that, that, that Hollywood did start Predominantly, most of the the uh, the studios were started by 
Eastern European immigrant Jews. There's no question Louis B. Mayer and 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 Fox and, and some of these people were Jewish people that started Hollywood. But the thing is, is the, if you think about today what Hollywood is, it, 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 huge corporations have taken over these studios. It's not like it was in the heyday of Hollywood when Again, it was controlled by that. Find- and yes, there were Jewish people in Hollywood. Yes, we admit it. There were Jewish people that work in Hollywood. <laughs> so there you what? have it. How does it make Hollywood be a Jewish institute? That's not something it's I can not, that, that's, relate. That's, that, that's what we're talking about. It's like no other people in the world are accused of controlling a, a bank. I can't even control my piggy bank, no less a, my a, own account, a, a big bank, <laughs> our own accounts. So another thing that, that I find really interesting is how much... Um, not so much institutional anti-Semitism where we're talking about things like the UN and, and, and so forth. I think one of the problems that we have is, and, and I talk to a lot of friends about this, you, other rabbis, um, that the internet is both a blessing and a curse to us. It's a blessing in the sense that there's never been the opportunity to do what we're doing. You and I doing what we're doing technologically, being able to disseminate Torah to the world. Um, all of these different platforms. But at the same time, there's there's never been the ability to disseminate hate the way um, the internet allows for that as well. And so much of what I see on the internet, um, there's so much misinterpretation and mistranslation of our sources that also causes people to um, support these kind of things that somehow Jews are sexually immoral, this whole idea of pedophiles and, and, and what goes on in Hollywood and, and, and the financial markets and so forth. I- so the main problem again is that uh, people who are really ignorant, like I think I sent you a video like uh, one week ago, such crazy, like people with such a like a hole in in their knowledge like lacking of of basic fundamental knowledge of history of simple history and um and they are allowing themselves to grab the microphone and to talk and to create videos and bringing evidence to their silly and bent and twisted assumptions that are like lack of 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 any connection to reality just like finding some dates, some events, some situations, and like plotting them together as if it's like some, some science fiction movie and, and going with it and, and getting like thousands of likes. But I don't know, like for me, it's like uh, dust in the wind. Like, yeah, it, 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 it does exist, but it's like a cloud of smoke. You know, it's a, it looks dangerous, but it doesn't really carry no, no heat. The real, the real fire is, um, is, is inside people themselves, the individuals. And it's true, like maybe, I don't know, maybe, you know, like um, one stupid person uh, is enough to burn the whole forest, like to throw his match or his cigarette in, in, uh, in a silly way will burn the whole fire, so a whole a forest. So it's true that there is a danger in, in, um, in, advertising this uh, empty content with with the false claims and 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 hatred but um 
but in the end of the day, I guess the the solid understanding that the maker of the universe is standing with the honest ones and with the truthful ones and and backing up the ones that their heart is pure and their intentions are right and honest and so if those people who are lying and, and making up um, stories and, and fairy tales with the intention to cause damage the real one they're fighting with is the maker of the universe and that is a war that I wouldn't want to have any part in. It's like building the Babylon Tower, like exact same thing that the, you know, the, the people who, who built the, the, the Babylon Tower, they wanted to, to create a ceiling to the sky. They were after the generation of, of Noah and they saw the flood, they knew what happened with the flood and they didn't want the flood to take place again so they wanted to go up um, to the sky to climb and build a, a, a tower for them to create a certain ceiling they wanted to block Hashem from being able to bring a second flood it uh, it sounds like uh, like what we are experiencing today that they try to manipulate the weather and to change the weather and spraying all those chemicals on us and uh, and trying to thinking about um freezing the 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 the, the icebergs and uh, antarctica and like crazy ideas like of of villains of of the same dark souls that were alive in those dark generations um, of Dora Palagav, the generation of separation, and they are still rolling into people in reincarnation and, uh, and trying to do the same thing, to fight against Hashem, to fight against God, and to try to force their uh, silly understandings against the powers of nature, against the power of the maker of the universe. And it's like... Uh, same same uh, same story different uh, generation so we just need to let hashem do exactly what he did back then smash them down to the ground <laughs> throw them to all directions of the wind and for them to 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 disappear as dust in the wind you know i i i got a good laugh when you sent me that video because it reminded me of a uh, uh, a few years ago, I did a video on uh, uh, Mashiach ben Yosef, um, and and somebody did the same thing. They took the video that I did on Mashiach ben Yosef, and they put me down in the corner, and they cut it up into pieces, and only showed certain things that I said, and then tried to refute everything that I said from a Christian standpoint. And then I saw the video that you sent, that sort of the same kind of thing, and. It, but here's here's what's amazing about that and what we were talking about, this idea of disseminating. I don't mind that they do that. And I'll tell you why. Because as he may get a thousand likes, but then there are people that say to themselves, who is that guy with that long beard and those that long those long things and that thing on his head? Who is that guy? And so then they look you up. And then there's one person that watches a Rav Jor video on TikTok or YouTube or Facebook 
and it changes their life and it changes their perspective. And that's what I thought about when I did, when that guy took the video, I said, yeah, I could complain to YouTube and I can have him take it down because it's copyrighted. But the truth is that if one person goes to that Moshiach Ben Yosef and leaves Avodah Zarah, you know, and, and, and comes to the truth of who Hashem is and what his Torah is and tries to connect in the proper way, then I've done my job. It's true. It's free advertisement. I'm I'm saying it, repeating it all the time. It's a, it's a huge favor that they're doing. Baruch Hashem. In any way, Baruch Hashem. We need to continue. Let's uh, let's try to 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 confront that question. How can a human being, a person, can enjoy seeing someone else suffering? And like, okay, if you know that you need to revenge someone, like justified anger justified revenge that is something i can relate to i can understand like if really you know that that x person hurt you hurt your siblings had to hurt your your community i understand you want to go and hurt him back but to blame like i said before the jewish public the jewish people a, a nation for crimes of, of let's say individuals let's say that yes there was a jewish person who hurt your community. Okay, let's say so, that there was a Jewish family that did something wrong. Huge. Okay, let's say so. Now, a revenge against people like you and me that are simply just like supporting our families, running our our, our lives with, with honor, with respect, like we're working and, and earning and gaining our living with without stealing money from no one. We're like good people. To go and just like hurt a person because he wears a kippah to his head, because he wears tzitzit in the in the street, which kind of satisfaction? It's I don't know. I think you need to be very sick to develop such hatred to everyone that has Jewish signs in him. Can a real I tell brainwashed you, person. Yeah. Can I tell you what? what I'm going to tell you what I think on that. I there's one word that always comes to my mind. I've been researching this word and teaching on this word and trying to learn the sources on this word. And I, and I think it describes one of the reasons why we're so hated and persecuted. And it's, and it's the word identity. There are so many people in the world that don't have an identity and they look at the Jewish people and we're really when you say we're, you know, when you talk about what we are as a people, as opposed to a religion, we really, if we get into um, like the book that you wrote, Return to Your Root, and we talk about the root soul of of all souls coming from, you know, Adam HaRishon, the first man, the Jewish people has have an identity. We're an organism. We're we're all connected, and I think that every human being, every whole, every soul. I mean, I always think about the the midrash about the the Egyptians drowning in the sea, and the malachim, the angels, are praising Hashem, and Hashem stops them, and He says, "How can you praise me when my creation are being destroyed?" Like even. Those people talking about hatred and anti-Semitism, the Egyptians who 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 pillaged and raped uh, raped our women and and killed our children and did all these terrible things to us, 
Still, when the angels wanted to praise Hashem, he said, no, you have to stop because my creation is being destroyed. It, it comes down to identity. People are looking for an identity today. And sometimes the only way they can find identity is to be against something or someone rather than to uh, to, to come to the truth. I, uh, I heard someone saying that a few days ago, he said, why the poor hates the rich and why the fit the skinny one he hates the the fat he hates the skinny one and like and on and on the the stupid he hates the the wise because it's easier to hate than to invest your power in in taking responsibility and to work on yourself to become better that's the only reason it's easier to hate it's easier to hate it's the that's true uh, and and it and it's difficult uh it, it's it's difficult anywhere, but uh, even here in in the Holy Land, it's. I, I often tell people that, uh, of course, we don't suffer as much anti-Semitism as other places in the world. Like you said, it's uh, you know this is the safest place in the world, and, and we certainly encourage people. But there are other things that cause us uh, trials. No, because and, uh, because we are because we are here in Israel and we have a lot of self confidence in our situation here. We do not recognize the fight against the Palestinians and the Palestinians against us as anti semitism. But really, they are receiving their fuel from the same crooked system that spreads anti semitism in the world. It's like the, it is anti semitism. It's not hatred. Um, for any other reason but for anti-Semitism. It's like hatred for Jews. It's um, They can be Arabs, but uh, the reason they hate us is because they were influenced by um, modern European parties that, uh, like we said before, supporting them and sending them support and money and on for their agenda to to make a big noise in, out there in the world. Uh, the reason why I say lack of identity is I'm just re reminded of it as we're talking. Back in the early 90s, I met um, in the old city of Yerushalayim in the, um, you know, when you go in by the Jaffa Gate, you know, going down uh, into the, the shops there. So there was a, an Arab guy that had a shop there. And I used to go in and I started talking to him one day and he invited me to sit down and have some, you know, Turkish, Turkish coffee with him. And so I did. He had coffee brought and we sat. And it turns out that he had lived in America for a while. He had gone to the to U.S. So he spoke fluent English and we were sitting there talking. And this is what he said to me. I asked him this question even back then. This was going back almost 30 years ago. I said, how is it? that we have this little nation called Israel that's surrounded by all of this wealth, all of these Arab countries that have this incredible wealth from oil. And yet you're this claiming to be this people and, and, and yet you're, you're not being helped. I mean, there's all this wealth and nobody's helping you. And this is what he said to me. He said to me, the truth is, that they hate us more than you do. And I said, well, first of all, I don't hate you. I don't hate you as a, as a people. And I think it's wrong to think that the Jewish people hate you. Um, uh, but that's what he said. So he 
put it on that. So that that's where that idea of the lack of identity comes because he here is an Arab that's saying that his brothers, his brothers and sisters in Saudi Arabia and Syria and Lebanon and, and all of these other countries could care less about him. Um, yet they say it with their mouths but but where is the support and 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 this is 30 years ago so that that for me is what sparked that whole idea of a lack of identity and so they made up an identity in 1967 <laughs> they made up this identity of being palestinians um and this is what the rallying thing for them was is that if you saw what happened in in the with the nazis you them was this idea of rallying against something. It was a country that had no nationalism and and you had, you know, this individual rise up and he got them to be nationalistic. But the only way he could get them to be nationalistic was to come against something, so come against the Jews. It's no different than Paro. Pharaoh did the same thing. He said, what are we going to do? Look at these people. Um, look at what they're doing. Look at how they're growing. Look at how they're flourishing. We need to do something this, about them. This land, the land of Israel, was dry and, and empty, and <clears throat> the soil was like full of rocks for for 2,000 years until we came back here and it started to bloom again. Like for thousands of years, it was abandoned and, uh, and hurt and dry and thirsty for the children of Israel to come back. And when we did, so of course, the eyes of the world, you know, the declaration of independence that uh, the 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 nations the united nations declared and gave um, the power to the british in the management of the british people the british kingship to give us this land it, 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 you know it was like they did it they claimed that we knew that it our it was ours but like they declared it and now they regret doing it. So now, they, like they offered it, and we accepted it because it was ours in any case. And now they feel wrong with them. Oh, what a mistake we did! How can we? Do, how did? Why we? Why did we do it? Why did gave them the land? Why? Like okay, like the, you want you regret. The land is not yours to regret and not yours to control. It belongs to Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and Yaakov gave it to the 12 tribes. And the 12 tribes, the ones who are like Jewish and, and, and living here in Israel, are welcoming the rest of the holy tribes to come back to their homeland. Anyone who will prove his connection to the holy tribes of Israel will find his place here and will be supported to find his true identity here and to bloom and grow in the promised land of our ancestors. Thank you, Ira. Thank you so much for the great talk. And uh, definitely that is the right direction to try to expose more and more truth uh, to our followers, to our friends around the world, and to make them uh, remember you're not alone, guys. We are here. We're with you. Um, all of Am Israel, all the people of Israel are united as one person with one heart. And uh, anyone that his heart is pure belongs here and has a place in our hearts. And um, please, if you have any ideas, any thoughts, any 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 dreams, any any requests, email us to info at emuna.com or you can find the 
email section on our website, emuna.com, E-M-U-N-A-H, like you can see on the banner. And um, let's be in touch. Yes, and if you can, um, and if you can support the Amuna uh, project, and you know, you, you have the link there to amuna.com donate. I want to mention that you could also get Rav George's new book, Return to Your Root. Um, you know, we just touch on that a little bit every week. You know, when we give these little, uh, little Kabbalistic concepts that we add into our talks, an amazing new book that Rav Jor um, wrote, Return to Your Root. If you're interested in Kabbalah at all, um, I wrote a little book that you can also get on Amazon called The Science A little of book, a little, a little book, book, a tiny yeah. pocket book. It is a little book. A, it's a little book. It's a most wonderful book. It <laughs> has such amazing roots in true Kabbalah. It's so rare to find um, books that contains real knowledge, real true knowledge of Kabbalah. So many crazy people are writing such nonsense in their empty, hollow books. And uh, here we it's can why, it's see. Why I wrote, it's why I wrote it, because, because of the nonsense that's out there today. Um, and, and, and one of the things is, is to bring out the, the importance of how science today is only just catching up with what our sages have been uh, talking about and writing about for thousands of years. Anyway, I want to thank you my dear brother. And I think next week we're going to deal with another controversial topic. I think we may tackle the topic of this whole transgender and gender fluidity and boys wanting to be girls and girls wanting to be boys. And, and parents that are wanting their boys to be girls and parents exactly. who want their girls to be boys. I think we need to talk about that even more. For sure. We want to thank segment. everybody. Uh, we want to thank everybody for being with us every week. And uh, um, as we said, we, we really want to hear from you. If, uh, if you like what we're doing, please uh, share and like the videos. And we will see you once again next week here on Tuesday night at 10 o'clock. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Be well.